and welcome to breakthrough walls i'm ken walls and i am your host and i am telling you i've got a dude on today that you are going to you're gonna love this dude he's got an unbelievable story so hey i want to welcome my new friend adam meredith to the show adam welcome ken thanks for having me dude i'm happy to be here Dude, I'm excited, man. I've got, um, hey, there's Jeff Hart, Zig Ziglar certified coach on on the line with us. That's awesome. Right on. So, so, so listen, man, um, you know, I, I've been very, I've been through a lot of crap in life myself, but I've also been very blessed. And so about a year and a half ago, I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start a show where I get other people to come on and tell their stories and how they hit those walls and, and, and got through it and overcame it, you know, and I know you got a story, man. Yeah, we all do. Don't we? We all have stories. I mean, trials and tribulations for sure. That's right. That's right. So let's start with, you know, you telling everybody where you were born and raised. And I'm born and raised here in Missouri. Um, come from like backwoods, Missouri, dude. Like literally it's kind of weird to think about because, like your story is just your story, right? I mean, the, your life yep. is your life. You don't ever really think about it too much. But yeah, man. So like I come from a real small town in Missouri. It's actually called Potosi, kind of dirt woods, back, back, uh, dirt roads, backwoods, Missouri. Um, I spent a lot of time on my grandmother's farm. Uh, and then whenever I was 12 or 11-ish around there, like in sixth grade, uh, I moved to Jefferson City. Uh, my mom married my stepdad who, I mean, that guy, he's my dad, as far as I'm concerned, he raised me for, you know, for all these years and, uh, you know, moved to Jeff city and kind of grew up there. And then from there, you know, transitioned from, you know, high school, did athletics, um, wrestling and football and different things. Um, wrestling took me to St. Louis, which is where I am now. Um, in 2006, I went to, uh, Lindenwood university on a wrestling scholarship and uh just kind of uh after i stopped wrestling my i guess i was 20 19 or 20 after my freshman year yeah uh, that's kind of when i transitioned into mma and you know kind of been walking that journey ever since uh here and kind of living here in st louis so <clears throat> i don't think uh, I, I i didn't well in the title of this i put that uh you know you're an mma fighter um so I, I, and I told you when we got on here, I'm like, remind me to never get on your bad side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, 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 I don't ever want to get on your bad side, but. But I'm not even a violent person. That's the thing. I don't even like conflict. Isn't that weird? I'm not a very like conflict driven person, but I fought for nine, 10 years. That's crazy. You know, when I was a teenager, you know, we, we, we used to get into these little, little scraps. The only fight I ever like really lost bad was to a wrestler. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Oh. Take people down. You can control the, control the whole situation. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so, so growing up, like you, you said you grew up in, in a backwoods, um, part of Missouri. Like what was it like farm? Was it a farm or what, what? What kind of what kind of situation did you have there? Yeah, man. So I, I mean, my family we didn't come from a lot of money. It was very, if I, I guess, if I really think about it, we were probably lower middle class at best, probably lower class for for real. Um, yeah. Spent a lot of time with my grandmother um, on her farm, 
and um, I had some some uncles and an aunt. And my mom, she was just she was very young when she had me. So she had me a month before her 18th birthday and just kind of that, that young teenage mom, she did, you know, everything she could to support, uh, support me. And, and, um, she always did her best, but we never really had a lot. In fact, I can actually remember, and this is always stuck, stuck with me. Um, like whenever I was younger with my mom, there's definitely a time where like we didn't have a whole lot and I can remember like sleeping in our car, um, some nights. So wow. didn't really, yeah, it didn't come from a whole lot. You know what I mean? Just, blue collar, just hardworking people. Um, just, yeah. you know, just kind of always earned everything that you had. And, uh, so like for me as a kid, like moving from uh, a town where like, in, I think in Potosi, maybe there's like, I don't know, maybe like 2000 people, maybe you know, like in a very rural area spread out and, right. um, moving to Jefferson city, which I think only has like maybe like 50,000 people yeah. to me at the time, that was just the biggest mind blowing experience ever. I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is like the big city. I mean, I had been to St. Louis a whole bunch because it's only like 60 miles South of here, St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, but just you know living in, in in the big city at the time was a very like life-changing experience right right felt like <laughs> felt like your first trip to new york or something right right yeah and then now with perspective it's like oh that place isn't very big <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little town right so so and and again i can relate to the the being poor growing up being poor i i totally can relate to that so so as a kid i mean did you find yourself, you know, trying to figure out how to make money and, and for you on your own? And I mean, did you did you work young or how did that go down? Yeah, man, I've always been very like entrepreneurial driven. Um, I can remember the very first time, like the whole concept of like making money and selling things kind of hit me. I, I had to have been like four or five or something. I was like, all right, I'm gonna have a yard sale. Cause that's kind of yeah. what I saw when like took all my toys and went on my front porch and, and sat them out there and tried to sell them. Like nobody came and bought anything, but it was like my first kind of like go around. Like that's, that's what I'm going to try to do is like earn money. So, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot. I started, I started actually working. Like I had my first job at 15. Um, but before then, you know, me and my, my best friend and I, we would, you know, hit the neighborhood and, you know, knock on doors and, you know, shovel snow and rake leaves. And I had my own like lawn mowing business. So I've always been, you know, always out there kind of like knocking on doors and hustling yeah. and just trying to earn that dollar. Let me ask you this. Did you ever bail hay? Um, I helped my uncle. Yeah, I, I did yeah. help my uncle summer bail some hay. It's just not Dude, easy. I, I I think every 15 year old kid on planet earth needs to go work on a farm and bale hay for one summer. Oh dude, it's, it's brutal work. It's hot out there. It is here in Missouri. It's humid. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, you'll learn a lot of good lessons for sure. Teach you hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like one time I did it wearing shorts. You don't want to ever do that. Never. Yeah, you get all scratched up, dude. You gotta, oh. yeah. There's a reason why they're out there in like long sleeves and, <laughs> yeah. and jeans and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'd think you'd be hot, but it's like the necessary thing to wear. But it teaches you, you know, growing up like that, you know, teaches you, number one, responsibility. Number two, it teaches you hard work ethic. Like, Yeah, dude. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I've learned just coming from you know such hard workers is, is just that like you have to put in the work and there's right. no excuses you know you you find a way especially you the the best thing about growing up poor is like you have to become resourceful 
you know, yep. nothing, you don't have money just to go buy everything and you don't have everything given to you. So you have to like figure it out and it takes long hours and it takes hard work. But I mean, if you have the patience and you understand like this just is the process, I mean, you just have a perspective that you can really do anything. You just have to figure out the way to do it. Right. Right. So, so you grew up, you went to school there or high school, all that. And then, then you ended up, um, coming or going to college, you said on a, on a wrestling scholarship. Yeah. And, yeah. And did it, did you go all the way through? No, that was actually pretty short lived for me. Um, I had my son whenever I was 20 years old. So going into my freshman or my sophomore year of college. Okay. And um, so I just made the choice to, uh, to, to work full time and to go to school full time. And um, because I, I missed wrestling and I missed competing, that is what you know kind of took me towards that path of of going into fighting and jujitsu i just missed competition yeah. and i just missed that like that physicality you know it, like that aspect of of just kind of that my life because it's been part of my life for so long just physical sports so i, I wanted to to find that outlet again and um, that's what was kind of took me down that path of finding jujitsu and, and fighting i mean i was a fan of fighting in high school but i never thought i would do it Right. And once I stopped, I was like, man, I, I need to compete. And I've always wanted to, I never wanted to have just like an average life. I didn't want to just be that go to the nine to five thing. It just, it just never, I, I, I tried to do that and it was, it, it made me very miserable yeah. and it's just not what I ever saw for myself. And growing up to me, like I thought for sure I was going to be like a professional athlete and go to the NFL. Like I quickly realized like I, you got to be a giant for that sport. And I am not a giant, <laughs> <laughs> not I. So, but I took the wrestling, you know, like, like a fish to water and just came so naturally. So kind of that, that combat sports path, um, it was just so alluring to me because I was like, man, I can still build this exceptional life doing professional sports yeah. and I, I have complete control over it. Like it's not the team sport thing. Like team sports are cool, but I'm a much, much more like individual sport kind of guy. And I just, just, I just saw opportunity and I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta give everything to this. And you're not a violent person. No, I mean, I had... <laughs> When you're young, man, you're full of testosterone. I mean, I definitely I had a fight or two as a young man for sure. But yeah. um, no, really, I'm not, man. For me, it was just it was the ultimate test. I mean, yeah. controlling another human being and like, you know, what well, I'd say imposing your will and yeah. asserting your dominance to me, like that was just, you know, it's ultimate chest in there. I mean, there are dire consequences for sure, but there's just no feeling like whenever you get your hand raised after the end of a fight, just the consequences are so high for me, man. Like for a lot of years, I thought I was an adrenaline junkie, but I quickly realized like I'm a flow junkie. You just slip into the state. Some people call it like getting in the zone. Yeah. You just slip in this flow state, man. And everything's just clicking and working and you're not thinking and uh it's just it's a great feeling man so I, I was just always chasing that feeling man that next high of winning wow so so you you decided you so you left college now did you leave college and get like a job somewhere or you no i didn't leave college i just stopped oh. wrestling yeah so oh, oh oh yeah man so i i didn't leave college I, I stayed in school i got you okay yeah i still worked i did like 18 hours a semester because what they don't tell you in school is if you take a full-time schedule which is like 12 hours or something you're gonna graduate in like five five and a half years 
So I like bumped up to like the max amount of hours I could. So that way I could still graduate in four years. So I was, you know, going to school full time. I was working full time. I, you know, just had a new kid. I was training for fighting. I was, so I was, I was still doing it all. Like quitting school at the time for me, uh, just wasn't an option. And actually in hindsight, I kind of wish I would have, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know, hindsight's 2020 dude. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, you know, I, I, I've mentioned it before. I, I didn't even graduate high school, man, but I've had a lot of college graduates work for me. So yeah, man, um, I mean, formal education does not equal education. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and again, I, I don't like, look, if you're going to go into, you know, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, something that's like requires that, you know, high level. But yeah. I know a lot of people that are in college, they come out with a, a business degree. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's cool, but you can learn business by doing it. Yeah. You're yeah. still going to get your ass kicked in business with you, a degree or without. You really are. Yeah, yeah. You really are. That's kind of like the, the insight that I gained afterwards. I'm like, man, <laughs> you just get you get you get this debt for for the most part. Some people have a ton. Like I got off pretty well because once you have a kid, you actually get quite a bit more government assistance as far as paying for school, which is nice. But it's like, man, you just get racked down with all this debt. There's no guarantee. It's just really a piece of paper that said you went and did something. And so many people. Like they're trying to figure themselves out while they're in school. And like, that's not the place to figure yourself out. Like you can go figure yourself out in the real world. You don't need to, you can go make money instead of taking on debt while you're trying to figure yourself out. And then once you have yourself figured out, if you want to go to school and be a doctor or a lawyer or something that you absolutely need it, then for sure do that. But yeah. it's it, just, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it, it, again, it comes down to application. I mean, it, it, it knowledge is great if you're using it and, and right. applying it. Right. So, yeah. So, so you, so you, um, you, okay. So when I said, did you go all the way through, that's what I meant. Did you go all the way through college? So you graduated college. Yeah, man. Um, I graduated, got my, uh, my undergrad in business administration. Uh <laughs> oh, 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 oops, sorry. Dude, no, it was an easy comp out, dude, because I went for physical therapy and athletic training. And when I had my son, I kind of like went back and forth. I went pre-med and then went back to athletic training. And then you needed like 1,600 hours of observation time. And like that just didn't fit in my schedule with having a kid and everything. Yeah. So like I just like, all right, man, well, I want to graduate in four years and business is easy. So let me do business. So, yeah. so yeah, so I got that business degree. Um, I actually got married while I was in school to my high school sweetheart. And that's the like who I had my kid with or my two yeah. kids with. Yeah. And um, so when I graduated, we actually moved to San Antonio for about a year and um, just kind of wanted to come back to St. Louis. We ended up moving back so that way I could pursue fighting professionally. And um, like this was home. So we just kind of wanted to be back here. Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? <laughs> oh yeah. You're asking me what I did after school. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did that, man. Um, we, when we moved back, I was pursuing fighting full time, but I still had to like work and, you know, I had two kids and a wife and I had to do all that. So I got like a, I got a security job overnight working third shift, which from a learning perspective is actually one of the greatest experiences for me. Um, so a security job, like, like, like a rent a cop security. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, I, I, I just needed a job real quick, man. So I, I, I got, 
what I could. And it, honestly, man, it was at, at that time, this was 2011, man. Like the, I think it, people were hard on jobs at the time. Like it's not like everybody yeah. was hiring. And then when you're a young, recently college grad, like what the hell does that mean to anybody? That doesn't mean shit to anybody. Right. So I just got what I could. And it was a cool experience working third shift because I read a ton and it just, it, it taught me one, I, like I gained the value of like, I, I learned to love reading and I gained um, just the appreciation for, for the, just like teaching yourself. And um, I was reading like a book, like every three days and, and just like, wow. I, I, yeah, dude, I crushed probably like 80 books in like nine months. And then after that, I went into the corporate world and I worked for a pretty big company called Express Scripts. They're like a fortune, like 20 company or something like that within like the health space. Yeah. Uh, like the pharmaceutical space. And man, like I, I did that for like a little over five, five and a half years. I was there um, while I was there. I ended up getting like my, my, my master's in healthcare administration and, and just thinking like, I'm just wow. going to go this whole corporate nine to five thing. And like I was a project manager uh, whenever I left there and just kind of crushing it in that space. But I was so miserable and unhappy. And like, I just, I just hated every second of it. But you're, and, and by the way, you know, Shelly Meredith. Yeah, it's my mom. Is that your mom? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just read what that comment said. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to talk about what Shelly just said, your mom. So, so you graduated with a master's degree, a 4.0, and you're working third shift. Well, I, whenever I got my master's degree, I was at Express Scripts at this time. Oh, so okay. I, yeah, I wasn't third shift at this time. Um, okay. I, was, I was doing okay. a whole bunch of project management work. I was still fighting full time still and working. Fi still fighting. Yeah, yeah. That now, was does I, I want you to explain what that means to people that don't understand, like what still fighting means? Because, <laughs> like, dude, like, yeah, this is why it wasn't like the you know back alley stuff. This is serious stuff. Yeah, man. Like, this is why I actually have a really hard time with um, sympathy um, for people because, like, just save the excuses and just do the work. You know, right. I mean, I'm 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 working a forty hour a week job, and actually, at at this stage in my life, because I'm I I'm, I feel like I'm talking really fast and kind of moving fast along the timeline. No. But at, at this stage. Of, of my life. I've been at Express Scripts for a little bit. Um, I actually separated from my ex-wife and, you know, we're, we're getting divorced. So at during that, that time of separation and going through divorce, like that's when I decided I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of like go back to school and get my master's because I don't know, I just, I operate best when I have a lot going on. I just, yeah. I, I just do. And, um, and, and school's always been pretty easy and it was familiar. So like I go back to school and I, and I, I get my master's degree and like I'm working full time and I'm, you know, so at that point I'm a single parent. So I only have my kids like half the time. And so I'm kind of working this whole custody thing out. And yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's just kind of its own challenge in itself. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also fighting at that time professionally. So, I mean, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd go for a run, you know, have my, my coffee in the morning and, and food and stuff. And I'd go to work, work the nine to five get off of work, you know, spend some time with the kids. But a lot of times I pick up the kids and take them to the gym with me. Like they've, they've grown up in the gym. Yeah. You know, I, go, I go straight to the gym and, you know, I'm there for two, sometimes three hours, just depending on the day. And wow. then, you know, you know, get, get off of, of, you know, training, go home, do homework, um, then go to sleep and kind of repeat. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so man. I had class in there. I'd skip, you know, practice and go to class. 
but um class was just one day a week it was like a, it was an accelerated program it was like one day a week four hours a, a, a night when we did it and it was like a month and a, or it was like a year and a half program for your for the masters for the masters yeah, yeah. so it yeah. Was, yeah so so and and when you say that you're fighting you're going to the gym you're you're training at the gym you're talking about training for cage fighting yeah mma man and well here's the thing at, at my gym we do a little bit of everything so even whenever i was an amateur my coach always made sure that we did everything because in, in MMA, mixed martial arts, it's a little bit of everything. So I've done, I've taken pro boxing, I've taken pro kickboxing, but mostly it was focused on, uh, you know, pro MMA. So that, that was wow. the focus, but yeah, man, you know, you, you do everything. You do jujitsu and you do your, your kickboxing and Muay Thai training. You do your wrestling, you do your strength and conditioning work. Like you try to get all these, you know, the pieces of the puzzle to, to fit right and just, just make it work. So yeah, I'm doing all that stuff. Wow. Now are you, are, and this was in, you said 2011, is that right? Around there? 2011 that's when so 2011 is whenever i i moved back to okay i moved st. back louis. to st louis okay. yeah okay. so so this time was is probably around like 2000 we're talking like 2013 to okay. 2016 17 18 when like when i stopped fighting 2018 i think was my last fight so that okay i was gonna ask if you're still fighting no it's been two and a half it'll be three years actually this summer so we're about wow. it's been about two and a half years you know man i um had a really great year i went on a tear you know i was i think i had like five wins um i think all finishes i was just i was doing really well i had a, a big win on bellator which is a really big organization they were talking about signing me to a multi-fight deal um, I get right back to training after that fight and, uh, dude, I, I blew out my, my shoulder, had to go get, uh, shoulder surgery for, oh. to, to repair my labrum and uh, rotator cuff. And that just kind of sent me on a, um, you know, a, a path of recovery, which took, it took me about a year until I could fight again. And, you know, by the time I fought again, you know, physically I was there and I kept trying to convince myself I still wanted to do it, but like something just changed mentally. Like I just didn't want it anymore. You know, I, I, I had two fights after my surgery and I was winning both of them and I ended up losing them both. And I mean, respect to both of those guys, you know, but it's just, it was a very uh, real learning lesson that, you know, you have to want it. And if your mind isn't in it, it's just, it's not enough, you know, cause right. it, Cause when, when things get hard, whether it's fighting or in entrepreneurship or just anywhere in life, dude, like when things get hard, if you don't mentally have what it takes, if you're not mentally strong enough, like you're going to quit, you know what I mean? You're going to yeah. throw in the chips. You're not going to push through. And you know, I just didn't mentally want it anymore. So it was just kind of to a point to where it's like, man, physically I can do this. I know I can, but just like mentally, I just don't want to do it anymore. So I just decided to stop fighting. I still train jujitsu and I still work with some fighters and, and do things like that. But yeah. competition is just kind of behind me at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, man, everything has its, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. everything. Well, I started worrying about my brain a whole lot too. I mean, yeah. you know, once you start 
you, you can't you can't think about your own safety when it comes to getting in the cage. You know what I mean? You got to put that to the side because something's going to happen. Like you're going to kick something or hit something or even even the cleanest fights. The next day, I still am sore for some. It's like, man, did I really get hit there? I don't even remember getting hit. <laughs> It just it just happens. So the more I started learning about you know CTE and TBI and just all the different things with the brain, I just started worrying about my brain too much. I'm like, it's just yeah. not worth it. The long term yeah. consequences. Yeah. So so talk about you know the first time because you weren't like now you 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 said you're a brown belt and in, in yeah right, which is again I saw we have a mutual friend we talked about um, Adam Marburger. Yeah, sure. and, and, yeah, but he, you know, we we he put out a post about how, the how difficult it is to get the different to the different belt levels. Black belts like 0.01% of the world or something crazy, right? Or yeah, I don't I don't know how accurate those percentages are, but yeah, it's it's super difficult and it's not a martial art where belts are just handed out. There's only five, so you go from white to blue to purple, to brown, to black. Yeah. And with each of those belts, there's like four degrees where you get a stripe. So four stripes yeah. into, the, into the next belt. And yeah, man, a lot of people, they get the blue belt and then they quit. And then it's just even less as you go up the ranks. And it, it takes on average, you know, everybody's a little bit different, depends on their journey, but you're, you're typically looking between eight and 12 years, more typically 10 to 12 mark for a lot of people to reach black belt status. It takes quite a bit of time and dedication. Wow. And, and so talk about the very first time you stepped into the cage. I mean, cause dude, that's gotta be like, Oh my God. Oh man. Like, the like, very first time. Crazy. Was, yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. The, the one thing that did help me was the fact that I, I wrestled for so long. Mm, so yeah. there's some parallels there, right? It's just you and another guy just yeah. in, in there, like in, in wrestling, it's a mat and, and fighting, it's a cage. So there was a little bit of that. So I, I kept trying to tell myself over and over, like, all right, man, you've done something like this before. You've already, you know what I mean? It just is what it is. You try to talk yourself up. But when I first started fighting, my first four fights, I was an independent fighter. So I had no gym. I wasn't actually, like, currently I train at St. Charles MMA. And uh, we have a ton of great fighters there. But at that time, I was by myself. I, I worked with um, like a wrestler or two that I knew at Lindawood. Yeah. Uh, and I just worked out a lot. And I watched a lot of UFC and kind of studied that as tape. Wow. And uh, yeah, man, my first four fights, I was an independent fighter. So I had no coach. I had no gym. It was just, you know, me and my, I had a couple of buddies. They were my corner men. And uh, my very first fight, man, it was actually a kind of a crazy experience. And uh, the, the, the guy I was supposed to fight, uh, I think he was like 0-1, and, and this is my debut. So, like, you know, similar, you know, experience. Yeah. And uh, I think a day or two before the fight, they switched my opponent. And they it was whoever the, the fight organization was, is like their champion. And this guy had already had like seven or eight fights. So I get in there and, like, Opening 30 seconds, this guy was a southpaw. He hits, he throws a straight left hand just right down the pipe, breaks my nose, snaps my head back. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> so no. I, just, I immediately go into autopilot and I just shoot. I just I just go into wrestling and I shoot and I take him down. And uh I try to get him out. He like pushes me off and like takes my back and like hits me quite a few times. I just I just remember thinking, like, oh no, oh, like shit, they're gonna stop this. I didn't want them to <laughs> so like I stood up and 
And we got to the fight. And then from there, it was just kind of a one-sided fight where it was just me kind of taking him down and controlling the fight. And I ended up winning the decision. Wow. Uh, yeah, dude. There's blood everywhere. It's like it was chaos. Your nose like, is broken. Yeah, dude. It was it was insane. I just I just oh. remember my head snapping back and then I don't remember anything. It just all happened so fast. I've just seen the video several times. So I, I, I kind of it helps helps with the memory. But yeah, it was intense, man. Everything happens a lot faster than I, I anticipated. And he was a really good fighter um i was happy to get that win i actually ended up fighting him again like two fights later so i could actually take his belt and i and i submitted him in like a minute and a half and this was still whenever i was independent so um it was a good it was a good test and a good challenge um i, I was like man i can't believe they just switched my opponent but dude you have you don't it doesn't matter what happens it just matters how you react dude i i saw i saw a youtube video of you you put somebody in a what's it a, a called an arm bar or something oh an arm and, bar yeah and you won the fight, obviously. And the guy, uh, it looked like you snapped his freaking elbow, dude. Like, it oh, looked yeah. bad. Really yeah. bad. Yeah. And he laid there. It looked like he was crying. I remember I, that fight, dude. Do you remember <laughs> I, was, I was losing that round, man. Yes, yeah. You were. That was against you were. Manny Mraz, dude. He's a tough, that dude's tough as nails, man. Yeah. In that early in the first round, I don't know what happened. We were on the cage. And he, he just hit me with like a real short shot, but like his knuckle must have got right in my eye in the right spot because my eye swelled shut. Oh. Yeah, so it's like I couldn't see. I couldn't. I, I think it was my right eye. It might have been my left. I can't remember which eye, but my eye was swollen shut, and it just hurt so bad. I won the first round, but it, like when you're in a fight or just anything, the thing yeah. that 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 screws most people up, like what will make you the most tired and it would just take you out of your game is when you start to panic. So I got hit in the eye and it hurt so bad. All I did was focus on that. And I started to panic. Like I was just, I was just too tense because of that. And I gassed out. I was super tired in that second round. So my eyes swollen shut. I'm tired. He comes out, he hits me right in the eye. Like, the first five seconds of that round and then we end up like going to the ground and so yeah he's beating me like that whole round i mean he's just on top he's controlling not doing a ton of damage but landing a couple shots and he just left his arms out there man so i took those things i'm like You're, you see what your mom said <laughs> he said i watched the arm snap yeah Didn't, and so so in that moment though because you know i've been i've i've been in business for a long time 30 30 years i've i've been i've owned different companies and and <clears throat> you know things sometimes i and i i can kind of relate to you know it feels like you're in a cage fight man like sometimes in business because like yeah you feel that panic like oh shit, everything's going sideways and and you've got to get focused on what you want to accomplish and not what's going wrong is kind of what you just said. Yeah. 100%. Like the lesson is the same, right? It's like, yeah. let, me, let me refocus myself, like put my attention on what I can control and just yeah. do something like take the next step. You know what I mean? Right. Whether, right. You know what I mean? Whether it's in a business plan, it's just making that phone call or in a fight, it's like, let me just close the space and just get a second to breathe and just re kind of gather myself before taking the next move. And you, that in that particular fight, I I'm trying to remember, but it was kind of like this fluid single motion of you kind of taking the dude down at the same time you were putting him in a, in an arm bar. And yeah. 
it yeah. looked painful for him. I mean, it looked really painful. I was pretty shocked that I even got it. We were both very slippery. And when you're when you're that late in a fight and you're, you're all sweaty and wet, it can be hard to lock in the submission. But he just gave me both of his arms. He tried to do what's called a um a can opener where you grab like both, you know, both arms behind the neck and yeah. kind of bend my neck to maybe open up my guard or something. But for me, I, I need your arms in that position for an arm bar. So I just remember thinking, like, I can't believe he's giving me this. And I just I just went for it with everything. I just committed. Like, that's like, you have to commit, right? And I just, I fully committed. Right. And I just hit it. And I was like, hell yeah, man. And he tried to, like, step on my face and stack me. And then that's yeah. whenever we kind of went over. But... That, yeah, that it was a, it was a challenging fight. Those are the, some of the best though because you really learn about yourself in those moments. Like yeah. what are you like what are you about? Like are you going to quit? Are you going to push through? Like cuz when 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 things get hard, what are you going to do? How are you going to react? Like those are very honest moments. Yeah. How many, you know, I'm sure that you have um you know, you, you've worked with or train. Have you trained other other fighters? I'm I'm sure you teach it, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I teach jujitsu. I work with a lot of different fighters. We have a lot of high level fighters at the gym. Yeah. Um. You know, I do health coaching and and movement coaching, and you know, so I'm always you know coaching these guys and you know helping them with where you know kind of wherever I can and whatever aspect they needed and for their for their camp. How many? How many? You know, there's a lot of people talking about the the that we're in a generation of 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 people that are kind of just expecting success or expecting things to go perfect for them and and you know i, I think that being in the position you're in you probably see that up closer than a lot of people would um people you, that's kind of something you see in the martial arts realm a lot, especially in jujitsu. Um, we always like to say, you know, train without expectations because it, it can take so long to get some of these belts and these promotions. Yeah. And, and there's no, you know, there's no one path for everybody. Some, some people progress really quickly and some people take a long time. And I've been um, helping with, with kids class for quite some time. And that's actually made my game a lot better. And it's, it's, it's helped me, be a better teacher because you have to break everything down so simply and yeah. help them. And, and they're, they, they're little people too. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing, whether it's an adult or it's, an, or it's a kid, you know, like you want that next stripe, you want that next belt. And it's like, Hey man, just, just slow down and, and trust the process because everything takes time. And I think that's why jujitsu is just such a great, like parallel to the success journey. Right. Because, you know, you're, you're doing all this work and I mean, you'll, you'll get little successes along the way where, where those are like the stripes or like you'll level up where maybe that's your next belt, but you know, maybe you got a little bit better, but you're still not black belt status, right? Like we all know, like there's, there's people that are black belt level in business and there's surely white belts in, in business and everywhere yeah. in between, you know what I mean? So yeah, we do. What, what about the, uh, do you get kids in or younger, not necessarily kids, but that have that, you know, entitlement, like. Hey, I'm here to get my black belt and I deserve it. You get yeah. that? Well, dude, yeah, man, you get them, you, they come in, they, they feel like just because I showed up to X amount of classes, yeah. you know, now I need to, oh, well, where's my promotion at? Like, I need to, but it's like, no, like, that's a part of it. Showing up is a part of it, but you have to do more than just show up. And it right? takes time. 
yeah, patience is is the biggest thing, man. Like you just, it, it just takes time. You just have to trust the process. It does, man. It does. So, so, so you, tell everybody kind of, I guess what, what you're doing now, like what's, what's your full-time gig? I know you've got the podcast. You and I have that um, in common. We both have interviewed Andy Frisella. What an unbelievable dude he is, man. Yeah. Andy's a, a cool human. I've, I've known him for so long since, you know, I worked at his companies whenever I was an undergrad in 2009, 2010, I worked for his supplement superstore brand. So wow. yeah, I just, I've known those guys for a long time and yeah, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, man, I, I kind of do a little bit of everything. It's kind of weird. Um, since I, I left like the, the actual corporate space and yeah. just do my own thing now and um i do a lot of uh like some health coaching and some movement coaching the podcast is is kind of my my primary um like that's that's the thing i'm working on the most like building that platform building that community you know connecting with people um but i also do like photography and some social media work um, just kind of a little bit of everything, man. Um, I do have a brand called Imposed Will, which is a lifestyle mindset brand. We have some apparel and this, the idea, um, behind that is just, you know, you know, do, we're eventually start doing a coaching program and just helping people, you know, realize, you know, like the mind is the key and like mental strength, um, you know, will take you so far in life and just, just imposing your will on life. Just, you know, we just want to help people impose their will on life. And I just really believe that, you know, the, the words I will are so powerful. And if you just, if you choose to do something and, and you, you make that mental commitment, you can, man, like the sky is, it really is the limit. I mean, actually the whole fucking universe is the limit. Like you can yeah. achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve, man. It all starts the mind though. I totally agree. So you, you, um, the people that, the, you know, cause I've been there, I was telling somebody yesterday, actually, um, you know, I had one time years ago, um, I, I had a bunch of employees and one of my, one of my guys walks in and says, Hey, uh, Hey boss, there's some dude looking in the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot. And I go, well, tell him to get the hell out of here. What, what, what do you, he's like, well, he's blocking it with his tow truck. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, what? with that one. <laughs> yeah. So he's there to repo my stuff. Right. And, and so you get into when things start going really wrong and, and I've been there, man, and I'm sure you have where things are just not, not panning out. And, and it's like, yeah. how do you get yourself from that? Oh shit. Panic mode, which, you know, if you stay there, it's just going to spiral out of control. Right. Yeah. So how do you get yourself out of that mindset into the, I, I, I got this, man, I, I'm going to make this work. How, how do you get there? Where's the shift for you? Uh, man, for me, I always just try to, so it always, for, I'm really big into breath work. So I'll always kind of start with like, you know, tapping into breath work to kind of like ease my, like my, to, to switch off my, my sympathetic nervous system and kind of go more in that parasympathetic kind of calm down. Yeah. Um, but then I always just try to remove myself from the situation. And I always have these two thoughts, like one, like, 
are you are you going to die from this like physically like this is not like you're not going to die all right so like that always kind of puts me at ease all right well this isn't going to actually physically kill me so you're going to be good there so you can just chill out like you're not going to die you're in no real danger and then I always try to keep in perspective of how long life is i'm like dude life is long like this is you can you can have a completely brand new life within five years or less like if you put in the work and you just have the patience like five years isn't that long. So always just try to keep things in perspective of like, this is very temporary. And I always tell myself like everything's temporary, whether that's one hour or one month or one year, eventually, you know, think like the tide will change. So I always, I always just keep in mind that, you know, this isn't going to last. So I always just kind of remove myself. I always just try to, to work in, in the space of, of like not getting wrapped up and everything that's happening right in front of me because then it becomes all consuming. So yeah. I kind of tap into the breath and I just try to remove myself from the situation and just put it back into perspective. When you say tap into the breath, explain what that means. What, what do you mean by that? Well, man, breath work is so powerful and you can, you can do so much with it. You know, whether it's like a, like a Wim Hof type breathing where you're like in a hyper oxygenated state, or you're trying to like slow down your heart rate, like with, with longer, slower draws of breath. So many people, they do like what's called shallow breathing. Like they don't, they just, they don't think about their breath work and they're not really taking full deep breaths so yeah. like oftentimes man like you'll hear me i just out of nowhere i'll just take a big deep like yeah. just like you know just out of nowhere i'll do that because like i'm just trying to just be present and connected with that because there is so much power to your breath work i mean yeah wim hoff for example he's done things that are just unbelievable he's done things like tap into his immune system and 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 fight off viruses i mean he, he's hold he's held his breath for an ungodly amount of time he's climbed you know, climbing mount everest without any oxygen ran yeah. a marathon in the desert with no water just through breath work you know tapping into these these powerful states of being that we all are capable of um it's just whether or not you want to like take that time and, and kind of sit and be still with yourself and really tap into your own power we're, we're we're very powerful beings. You know what I mean? Like the mind is powerful. The spirit is powerful. And there's just, you know, not, not many people want to take that time to just check in with themselves and, and tap into their, their true potential. Look, look who, look who just, look at Adam. <laughs> yeah. He is a trip, man. I love, I that, love that guy. I know. So, so, uh, and I, I love that, man. I've actually meditated every single day of my life, every morning of my life for the last 16 years. So oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I, I focus a lot on, on my breath and, and didn't even realize that there was like science behind it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the cool thing, man. Like all the stuff that's kind of like woo woo, like yeah. we're, we're learning through science that there's yeah. actual valid, like we're, it's being validated through science, which I always kind of juggle with that. Like, do we actually need the scientific validation? Some people really do, but it's, it's worked for so long. These, these different practices, man, we, we just know they do. Yeah. So um, I have a question. It's just kind of off the, the cuff. And since we have Adam Marburger on here, <laughs> um, so, so you in a, in a match against, Ronda Rousey, who wins against Ronda Rousey in a fight? Yeah. Oh me. 
You? Oh wow! I love your confidence. <laughs> I love I'm a lot bigger than Ronda Rousey. Are she, you? Oh yeah, she's not that big. I think she yeah, fought. She like, looks like a pretty big woman. I'm sure she is. I'm sure she's really good at judo. But I mean, you said me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh, even Adam Marburger says you win. So so so. I had to throw that out there I've been <laughs> for a while. So dude, for somebody right now, that's, that's um, two questions. And I ask every guest these questions. Number one, what is it that you think holds most people back in life? Like if, if look, there are people and, and that, that go through life that never come close to achieving anything massive. No, they really don't know how to set goals maybe, or they, you know, what do you, what is it that you think is holding people back from going for it, man? Man, that's such an excellent question. Um, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's almost like a combination of things, but I think the overarching thing is that like mediocrity and average is rewarded. You know what I mean? Like it's not rewarded to, 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 to step outside of the norm. Like we all admire those people that do, but your whole life, when you're going through school, at least for me here in the Midwest, it was taught, you know, you go to school and you get your degree and then you go yeah. get that corporate nine to five and you, you know, you buy a house and you have kids and you're just, the whole system is set up to create workers. Um, you know, it was originally factory workers and now it's corporate workers. And we're just, the whole system isn't really set up for that. And I, I think that so many people, they just settle because that's all they were ever taught. And they're not really encouraged. And when we're young, we're told you can be whatever it is that you want to be. And then, right. you get, then you get older and this is like, Hey, you need to get your head out of the clouds, Tim. Like you need to, you need to figure out what you're going to do. Like, what are you going to do with your whole life? And Oh, you're, you're 18. Your brain isn't even fully formed, right? right. It's not even fully developed. But we tell these kids that you need to figure out what you want to do with your whole life. And if, Hey, if you don't know, then guess what? You're a loser. Right. And I think a lot of people, man, they just, they feel lost and they just, they just go to the first thing that's comfortable. And, you know, as humans, we like, you know, the path of least resistance. Like that's yep. what we, that's what we like to take. And I think just, it's kind of like this unfortunate, like just perfect storm of, of outside pressure and, and, and maybe just not knowing what you want to do and just feeling lost that you just, people just settle and they just take the average route. You know what I mean? Like maybe they just don't have the belief in them. I think a lot of people, and this is something I struggled with a lot for a long time is you're looking for permission, you know, from, yep. As a kid, your whole life, you have to get permission for everything. And then one day, guess what? You don't need permission anymore. You can you can go do it. Like, it's up to you. There's there's no manual. We're all out here just trying to figure this out. And um, I think some people just don't have that belief, dude. So they they just settle and, and take what's comfortable. You know, I, I, I when I. Um, I asked Andy, I'm like, dude, what what that insane almost insatiable desire that Andy Frisella has for just accomplishing massive things. I said, where does that drive come from? And he said, honestly, it's because I was, I was bullied so much as a kid and, and, you know, like, and, and I, yeah. think about, I think about that, man, I think, you know, that, cause that happened to me, I got picked on a lot too, you know? And, and yeah, so yeah. 
it's a it's something that that I think, and I forget who said it, Shakespeare or something, but the greatest disservice we do to our children is to steal away their hunger, right? Oh, like yeah. giving a kid everything they want and not making them work for it or so you know, so I think that 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 you and me and other people that have been brought up in a really, really poor household, like like I was, you said you were in a it was a almost poor environment. Yeah, that's an advantage when it comes to life. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. You know, I I I realize that you don't need nearly as much to live as what people might think, and like there's there's always a way to make it happen, dude. Like, yeah. you know, you just you just figure it out. Like you can't feel sorry for yourself. That's one thing. I, I I do not condone victimhood. Like you cannot be a victim. I've never been a victim. That's one thing that you that I don't. My mom has never taught me to be a victim. Like we were never victims. Like we always just figured it out. Dude, so. that's that's awesome. Sounds like you have one incredible mother. So so somebody that's going through the crap right now. Maybe they're car just got repoed their electrics getting turned off tomorrow they they call you up and they're like dude i don't know what to do man it's just all hitting the fan shit is going bad and i don't know what to do what's the next what 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 do you tell them what what do you say to that person <laughs> dude that's that that'd be, that's a You're heavy, like, meet me in the cage that's a heavy <laughs> question dude i'm like well let's go roll a joint or something <laughs> we got but like seriously, no, um, man, yeah, man, dude, I just you know when when people because I've I've I felt you know I've been in that place to where I feel like there's there's just no more hope and like what's it all worth like none of it even matters so I can I can totally understand that I just try to implore people just to to keep in mind that again life is long and and like this isn't this isn't the end and I think you know. It's, to, to like one of your points, like, like you're, you can learn a lot from your pain and you, you can turn that into profit. Like that can be, that can become your purpose. Your pain can become your purpose. Right. And yeah. like, you can take that hard lesson and, and, and learn something from it, it man. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm one of those guys that believes like everything happens for a reason. I think that things just happen sometimes, no rhyme or reason, but right. it doesn't mean you can't take something good from it. You can't try to find that silver lining or try to find the lesson because you can either let it break you or it's going to make you stronger. Like those are the only two options. And if, you know, if, if you got through it and you survived, then you got a little bit stronger. So I just try to, you know, I would just tell those, you know, tell that person, you know, just, just know that, Hey man, you know, life is long and like, this isn't your final destination and you can turn this into like your greatest comeback story ever. You know what I mean? We all have a story, you know, to your point and you can use this to your advantage and you can help some other people along the way, like through your struggle right now. Yeah. And I, you know, I, 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 I love that answer, dude. I, I think that, and, and, you know, you're going to have, it's like Mike Tyson's quote of ev everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right? So true, man. Right. So true. But, but Hey, Buster Douglas managed to follow through. So, you know, the, the one, the one guy that, that whooped Tyson. So, you know, I mean, the, here's the thing, man, is, is it, it's, it's like that you're going to get punched in the face. It, it doesn't matter where you are, but so many people fall into that and stay there, man. And then, yeah. yeah and man, then I, live the rest of their lives 
like this scared yeah i think we like and, and this is something i'm sure you come across in, in the corporate world we want to frame everything in such a positive way you know what i mean it's like oh well, how can we take this this bad news and and say it in a positive way so it doesn't sound bad it's like sometimes bad things happen and sometimes it just is what it is like not right. everything in life is positive you know what i mean like right you have to take the good with the bad and, and right. just keep, you can't feel sorry for yourself and be a victim. You just got to keep pushing. You know, I think so, so many people feel like everything is supposed to be good. Everything's always supposed to be positive. We live in such an instant gratification culture where if you're sad, we just, you know, give you an SSRI. You're like, here, take this pill. Yeah. And, you know, but why can't you be sad? What, like, what's like, you learn from struggle, you learn from pain. Those are the great, those are life's greatest teachers. So why would you not embrace those yeah. and grow through them? Dude, it's the God, that's the truth, man. You're speaking the truth. I, I literally I have a, a nine-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old, and and my nine-year-old was talking about some kid bullying some girl at school, and you know, they're in the fourth grade. And I'm like, I'm like, that didn't like the word bullying, I don't even think existed when I was in school. Like, if no. somebody messed with you, you punched them in the face. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like it, it, I, I tell that to my kids all the time. I'm like, no, the kids, kids are assholes. People don't like <laughs> they are. They just they are, they're, they're narcissistic little they're, jerks. They and are. sometimes kids act like assholes. Like, I was bullied <laughs> a lot whenever I was a kid. I was picked on a lot as a kid. Like, I was a, I was a fat kid. I grew up overweight. Really? Uh, yeah, dude. Like it, it, I didn't lean out until like later in high school when I started doing sports. Like I grew like 13 inches in the summer wow. and I just started doing a whole bunch of sports, but I was always very athletic, but I was very overweight. And I can remember in middle school, especially whenever I was the new kid in Jeff city, I'm overweight. I'm probably a little bit more country than everybody else. I had like a bowl cut. I got picked on all the time, man. Like people made fun of me and picked on me all the time. It's like, man, in my mind, these kids were just being jerks. I never yeah. went home to my mom crying saying that I'm being bullied and I hate my life. Like right. you, you stand up for yourself. And if someone's talking shit, you talk shit back. Like, yeah. And I, you know, I just don't, um, I don't understand what's happening with our society. Our kids are, I mean, I, when I, again, I'm not saying it was the right thing. I don't know. I mean, you just worked it out. You, you figured right. it out. You didn't, you didn't. And yeah, there were plenty of, there's plenty of, I mean, the, the subtitle of my book is turning pain into profit, profit. It's walls of wisdom, turning pain into profit. Right. So it's like, like, dude, you're going to have pain. And what I love about you is, is you intentionally subject yourself to pain, yeah. like big time pain, not just like, you know, and yes, I know a broken nose heals, but it hurts like hell for a long time. It doesn't feel good, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't take the easy route ever. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always trying to take like the pain, like the path of most resistance. Yeah. I yeah. love it, man. That's freaking amazing. So dude, tell everybody what you're, uh, what's, what's, what's happening in the near future, man. What, what do you got going, man? Where, where do you see yourself five years from now? <laughs> five years from now. I mean, so again, like I'm, I'm really like focused so hard on, on this podcast and just building that platform and brand, um, just continuing to, you know, have like just great, you know, conversations and just create a good experience for both, you know, my guests and the listeners yeah. and just grow that dude. Like I, my goal is to definitely, you know, 
top the fucking charts with with that and just touch as many lives as i can but also there's going to be some like live events here in the future um and then just some different partnerships but man all i know is like what i'm there's a couple other projects i'm working on but like my overarching goal is just to build an exceptional life and and to live the life that i want to live and how by any means necessary so i mean i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i gotta do to get there and i'm gonna win you know what i mean so like that's what i'm working towards just just to build that life dude i love it dude i love it well man i really appreciate you appreciate you coming on where can everybody follow you where's the best place um yeah dude so people can check me out probably the best place would be instagram um i actually put it on the on the on my thing here, if people can see my name, just so it'd be easy for him. But so at Adam Meredith underscore, they can check me out there or check out the podcast, which is outside perspective underscore podcast. And then um, head over to the website. So outside perspective podcast.com. They can hop on our mailing list and stay up to date with, you know, if episodes are dropping or exclusive content and just kind of stay in the know what's going on over there. But um, that's probably the best place to check me out. Let me um let me put pop our names up here. There you go. Oh. Adam at Adam Meredith underscore. Sorry, I had the I had that hidden. Oh um, good. Yeah. So that's that's where you follow Adam on Instagram is at Adam Meredith underscore. That is it. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. You you are a badass, man. And I don't just mean in the physical sense, like you, you just, you got, you've got that man. That's, and, and more importantly, you've got that heart. I'm trying dude. Hey, Ken, dude, I really appreciate you like having me on the show, man. It's been an honor. I, this has been a great conversation. It's been awesome, man. So I, I, I look forward to what you've got coming, man. I think, I think you got some amazing things coming for you, man working man just just again just trying to build a community and just try to make some stuff happen man i yeah. i don't i don't pretend to have all the answers or know exactly what i'm doing i sometimes i feel like i'm just i'm just trying to figure this out i don't know what i'm doing right <laughs> but, hey man i i think there's plenty of 90 year olds that could say that yeah <laughs> so we got some good stuff in the works i'm excited to see what happens awesome dude well anything i can do to help you you let me know thank you guys everyone for being on here your mother says you've made her a better person, dude. That's uh, thanks, awesome. mom. Um, again, again, thanks again so much, man. Well, definitely, I got to make sure I get my way to Columbus so I can sit down with you and have you on the show. That'd be awesome, dude. That'd yeah, be man. awesome. That'd be great. Don't hang up on me. Don't hang up, but I am going to end the live stream. And thank you, guys. Appreciate all of you. And we will see you later. Adam, thanks again, brother. Thanks, Ken.